Coming up next, the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-30. In Hebrew scripture, the concept of our consciousness can best be defined through what Yeshua taught as looking up towards a Father Creator who causes us to be born from above or born again. Join us for our podcast today. Hello there, I'm Avi ben Mordechai. On this podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, I'm going to be taking a closer look into biblical consciousness, a unique human sentience or awareness of who and what we are. Yeshua spoke of it in John 3.3 and 3.7 when he spoke privately to Nicodemus, saying, You must be born from above. Or, as it is translated to English, you must be born again. The word you is a reference to a person's I or self. So I must ask the question, what exactly did Yeshua mean when he said, you must be born from above or born again? Naturally, I would think that to understand this, we must go back to the beginning back to the creation story of Genesis chapter 2. So, let's do that now. We'll begin with the making of the man, Adam, in Genesis 2, 7 through 8. And Jehovah Elohim formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. I want to draw your attention to the statement that Jehovah formed man. That is, he shaped his nishmat chaim through his ruach, his spirit, or his wind, sent to us from Messiah himself. In Hebrew, the root for the word formed is yud tzadi resh, often appearing in Hebrew scripture as the word yotzer. It refers to the hypothesis of fashioning and shaping something. Here are some scriptural examples to help us better understand the Hebraic framework. Jeremiah 18, 2-4 Arise and go down to the potter's house, that is the Hebrew word ha-yotzer, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to Hayotzer, the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred or ruined in the hand of Hayotzer, the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to Hayotzer, that is, to the potter, to make. Isaiah 45, 6-7 I am Jehovah, and there is no other. I form, that's the Hebrew word yotzer, the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity or evil. I, Jehovah, do all these. 
Isaiah 45, 9. Woe to him who strives with his maker. Let the potsherds strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him who forms him? The Hebrew here is yotzer. What are you making? Or shall your handiwork say he has no hands? Isaiah 45, 18. For thus says Jehovah, who created the heavens, who is Elohim, who formed the earth and made it? The Hebrew word for formed is Yotzer. Let's talk for a moment about the man who breathes the Yehovah Elohim soul of divinity. What follows the forming and shaping of man in Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 through 8, is that Yehovah breathed or blew his spirit or breath into the man. The Hebrew terminology describes a Yehovah Elohim breath of consciousness from Yehovah Elohim's spirit. In Hebrew, the root for the notion is nun fe chet. It's often referenced in scripture by the word nofeach, that of a movement of blowing and breathing. That is, to exhale wind or breath, as if to breathe on something and set fire to it. This is the movement of Jehovah Elohim's breath, or if you will, the breath of his Holy Spirit. Now here are some references to consider. Isaiah 54, 16. Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire. The word in Hebrew for blows is nofeach. Ezekiel 37, verse 9. Also he said to me, Prophesy to the Ruach, that is, Jehovah's Spirit. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the Ruach, that is, again, Jehovah's Spirit. Thus says Jehovah Elohim, Come from the four winds, O Ruach, that is, O breath or spirit, and then in Hebrew it says, which in English would be translated as, Come and breathe, blow on these slain, that they may live. For comparison, let's take a look at what Yeshua did to his disciples following his resurrection. And notice the connection to what we just read in Ezekiel 37, 9. This is from John 20, 21 through 22. So Yeshua said to them again, Wholeness to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Ruach, that is, receive the Spirit of the Holy One. Within the framework of this idea, there is a powerful lesson that shows us what Jehovah did after he formed and shaped the man, Adam. 
he acted upon him with a breathing and breath of Jehovah Elohim and his spirit of consciousness, which is fashioned, shaped, and formed by and with the divine Ruach or spirit of the Creator. In Scripture, this Jehovah Elohim spirit of consciousness has a name. In Hebrew, it is called a neshama, or what the later Greeks referred to as the soul of man, his self, or his I. Out of this, the ancient Greeks developed a long-standing philosophy to know thyself. Now, according to legend, this idea to know thyself is a notion that was carved into stone at the entrance to Apollo's temple at Delphi in Greece. Now, with well over a couple of millennia behind us, Greek scholars, philosophers, and civilizations have debated and continue to debate the essence of its meaning. And still, there is no definitive answer as to exactly what know thyself means. Generally, modern psychology speaks about consciousness and self to include the experience of one's physicality, as well as one's inner character and emotional life. They say the sum total of our self is in the human experience. Supposedly, this is who we are. In Hebrew scripture, however, our consciousness of self is not so much about looking inward, but rather by looking outward and upward towards a creator a heavenly Father who wishes to dwell within us, a creative power, referred to as Yehovah Elohim in Hebrew. Our consciousness of self, I think, perhaps can best be understood twofold, as natural gifts of our spirit and supernatural gifts of Yehovah's spirit. The gifts of Jehovah's Spirit are bestowed upon us when we are regenerated in and by His Jehovah Elohim Spirit. Essentially, going beyond the natural human gifts that we have when we are regenerated with the breath of Jehovah Elohim's soul life, or what we would call our I or our self. Along with our spirit consciousness, we are fashioned and shaped by Jehovah Elohim for the purpose of exercising His spiritual traits and gifts in us for His kingdom purposes. In this, our rebirth into Jehovah Elohim is about the power of free will and choice to learn to choose to eat from the tree of life, which produces life over that of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In Hebrew, the etzadat tov verah, which always produces death. Now, this unique divinity defines each of us 
through the actions of the body. One thing, however, is clear. Science, as we know it, cannot explain the human consciousness, nor can it tell us where it lives within our body. The essence of human consciousness is a mystery that has long vexed science and philosophy throughout the ages, even though there have been many scientific studies dedicated to poking and prodding around in the human brain to look for it and to measure it. But even if science and philosophy could perchance pinpoint exactly how human consciousness functions and exactly where it lives in us, I am confident that the masters of earthly science and philosophy will never actually be able to interact with it, nor will they be able to quantify it, because Jehovah cannot allow them access to it as he is governed by stipulations concerning man's current fallen condition, that is, special clauses written into his eternal law simply because man is a fallen creation. Now, the original living, breathing Yehovah Elohim spirit of life as it is referenced in Genesis 2-7, quite plainly was taken away from the man, veiled and hidden from him long, long ago. In other words, after the fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden, the breath of Jehovah Elohim's spirit of life was returned to Jehovah until such a time when it could be returned to the man as he was originally meant to have it. Consequently, the Jehovah Elohim spirit of consciousness in man cannot be quantified, measured, located, or even interacted with until our Father in heaven, that is, Jehovah himself, returns it back to the man according to Jehovah's way and plan, which is all in his timing. This is precisely what the New Testament redemption story is all about. In the meantime, what remains in natural man from what Adam did have before his fall in the Garden of Eden, this is merely a weak earthly and fleshly component of Jehovah Elohim's spirit of consciousness. In other words, at present, natural man is missing the Jehovah Elohim component of his spirit of consciousness that came with the original package of Adam's creation, that which Adam once possessed. So you see, this is what Paul was referring to when he wrote in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. And that word know them is an experiential concept from the Hebrew word da'at. Why is it that man cannot know these things of the Spirit? 
Paul says, because they are spiritually understood or spiritually discerned. Following the work of Yeshua, the Yehovah Elohim component of that original Adamic spirit of consciousness is renewed and restored unto man with a down payment of ownership that we can be confident in knowing that we have, as this is understood through Yeshua's post-resurrection actions. Let me draw your attention to John 20, 21 through 22. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Spirit of the Holy One. Considering this, Yehovah Elohim's breathing soul life action, we are to remain confident that the balance of Yehovah's spiritual gifts will be given to us with our promised last day resurrection. At that time, we will be awarded with life eternal, accommodated through a brand new body that will 100% contain the Yehovah Elohim breathing breath of soul life, as Yeshua spoke of it in John 11.25 when he was speaking to Martha. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he will die, he will live. So one thing we do know from the narratives of Scripture, when Adam was fashioned and shaped in Genesis chapter 2, verses 5 through 7, he was made in the image of Elohim, meaning man was shaped with a very unique and special potency, the spirit of Yehovah Elohim's breathing soul life. This is why Genesis 2-7 states that man came to be called in Hebrew a nefesh chayah, that is, a living and breathing consciousness of Yehovah Elohim's spirit life through a physical body. This is what Paul was getting at when he said in Romans 8, 8 through 10, So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Messiah, he is not his. And if Messiah is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of justness or justification, if you were to put it into Hebrew. With this tone, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15.45, Coming from Genesis 2-7, the first man, Adam, became a nephesh chayah, that is, a living, breathing, soul life of spirit. The last Adam became a nishmat chayim, 
that is a neshama or breathing source for Yehovah Elohim's spirit of life or breathing soul life. In other words, through Yeshua, Yehovah Elohim brought the Garden of Eden tree of life here to this dimension because mankind did not have any prior access to it, at least after Adam. Therefore, he gave us opportunity to freely receive the spirit of his renewal of soul life consciousness for man. Once again, in 1 Corinthians 15.45, Paul's description explains the result of Yeshua's third day resurrection when he breathed on his disciples a divine neshama and put into them the Yehovah Elohim Nefesh Chayah, the consciousness of Yehovah Elohim's spirit of life. So, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.16, For who has known the mind of Yehovah that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Messiah. Once again, this reflects what Yeshua said in John 3, 6-7. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born from above. The Messianic rebirth idea is the Garden of Eden's renewed Yehovah Elohim's spirit of life consciousness. The renewal of Yehovah Elohim's life consciousness begins with the blowing and breathing source of Yehovah Elohim's soul life. In other words, if we receive his Nishmat Chaim, that is, his Ruach, or his spirit, or the wind that he sent to us from Messiah himself, then it will produce in us the result of a renewal of Yehovah Elohim's Garden of Eden consciousness of spirit life, that is, Messiah's Nefesh Chayah. So, it follows that Messiah's Nishmat Chayim, is Elohim's wind source resulting in the giving of his nefesh chayah, that is, Yehovah Elohim's new man in Messiah. So, Hebrews 9.14, Yehovah's wind, breath, or spirit will cleanse your consciousness, which is our earthly, natural nefesh chayah, or human soul life, he will cleanse your consciousness from dead works, which is all of our attempts to earn justification in the eyes of our Creator, so that he will throw at us an attaboy. None of our justness is from our own actions. He does not receive it. He does not accept it. He only accepts that which he does according to his plan. John 20, 22, Yeshua says that he breathed on his disciples and then he said to them, receive the spirit 
of the Holy One. 1 Corinthians 2.16 But we have the mind of Messiah, which he was referring to Messiah's nephesh chayah, or his living, breathing, soul, life consciousness. Ezekiel 36.27 This says, I will put my spirit, that is, my living, breathing, Yehovah Elohim, soul life of consciousness, he will put that within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will guard my judgments and do them. This is Avi ben Mordechai, and I'm speaking about the living, breathing element of consciousness within the spiritual framework of ancient Hebraic thought and Hebrew scripture. We'll be back for the second half hour of our podcast after this short break. Listening to Avi Ben Mordechai and the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20 30. Welcome back to the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. Once again, here's your host, Avi Ben Mordechai. Thanks so much for joining me here on Real Israel Talk Radio. I'm Avi Ben Mordechai. Our episode today is focused on some observations about consciousness and being born again, or as Yeshua put it, to be born from above. Let's now continue with some further observations about who and what we are in Messiah. In Genesis 3.9, we learn, Then Yehovah Elohim called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? After the man Adam cast away Yehovah Elohim's nephesh chayah, or his breathing breath of soul life consciousness, we can clearly see that the word of Yehovah went out in search of the lost and perishing man Adam. The narrative speaks about it in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. This, of course, leads us to understand what happened in the preceding eight verses after the man and his woman made their unconscionable choice for death. Their decision introduced eternal death and corruption into the world when both he and his woman were stripped of Yehovah Elohim's nephesh chayah, again, his divine breathing breath of soul-life consciousness. In Adam's fall, his divine breathing breath of soul-life consciousness was taken from the man. Adam's response to his creator, the Word, is as follows in Genesis 3.10. I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I, referring to my nephesh chayah, that is, my breathing breath of Yehovah Elohim soul life consciousness, this part of me came to be hidden meaning he was no longer with me. This 
breathing breath of Yehovah Elohim's soul life consciousness. He was no longer with me. He could not be found in me. He was hidden. And this is the legacy of what Adam passed down to all mankind. Yet, Adam's creator, our Father in heaven, would not have it this way forever. His plan was to rectify the man's fallen condition. Scripture speaks of it. First, from Psalm 139, verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I, referring to my earthly nephesh chayah, when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. I want to draw your attention to the picture here. This is that of our conception and birth into this lower world of eternal death and corruption, as opposed to man's birth into an upper world of life eternal. To accomplish the divine program to reverse the curse of Adam's fall, Yehovah Elohim's plan was to restore mankind back to the upper world through a paid-for redemption provided through His sent one, the Messiah or Mashiach, as referenced in Isaiah chapter 53. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The term iniquities is the Hebrew term avonim. That is, a term that means in Hebrew, twistedness, crookedness, or a crooked nature which gives you the idea of Genesis 3, which is what we inherited from Adam's bond to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The chastisement for our peace, Isaiah 53, 5, it's referring to becoming whole and complete again. This was upon him, that is, the Messiah, the Redeemer, and By his stripes, we are healed. The Hebrew term for stripes is chet vet resh. We get the word chaver, which literally refers to being joined together, partnered, coupled together, a companionship, a friendship, and an association. So, Isaiah 53, 5 is saying that the chastisement for our wholeness was upon him. And by his joining us together with him, by his partnering with us, coupling us together with him, our companionship, our friendship, and our association to him, by all those things, Hever, we are healed. For each of us to lay hold of such a gift of conveyance from this lower world of darkness to the upper world of light, 
a restoration of Garden of Eden renewal was necessary. But it could only be accomplished by Yehovah Elohim, who was intent on performing a surgical amputation to break our link to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Etzadat Tovirah. In so doing, this was to convey us back to the time before the fall of man, when Adam first received his Yehovah Elohim breath and soul life of consciousness through the Garden of Eden tree of life, which is the Etz HaChaim. This important surgical procedure by heaven's great physician was destined to cut us loose from our certain spiritual death, referred to from the Hebrew scriptures as the second death. We inherited this from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, this action defined Jehovah's messianic redemption story as Yeshua spoke of it in John 3, 6-7. through 7. Again, Yeshua said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, You must be born from above. Or, as it's often referred to, You must be born again. When Yeshua said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit, it was unmistakably pointing us towards the events of Genesis chapter 3, with a concluding prediction of a coming eternal hope, as referenced in Genesis chapter 3 verse 19. Here's how it reads in English. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and towards dust you will return. Here, from this foretelling word to the man, to Adam, the Hebrew text actually appears to say that man's curse of death was going to be corrected in two distinct parts. Then, when both parts are finished, man's redemption will have been completed. So, I've broken these down into two parts so you can better understand this whole redemption story in the Garden of Eden and in understanding the good news of man's redemption. That is, the gospel story, which is the good news. So let's go to these two parts. Part one, this is man's curse because... He was made from the dust of Adama, and thus man goes back to the dust, back to the Adama of dust, reminding me of the 1977 song written by Kerry Livgren from his band Kansas. The song is called Dust in the Wind. I found it 
quite profound when it first came out so many decades ago. The lyrics state, Now don't hang on. Nothing lasts forever but the earth and sky. It slips away and all your money won't another minute buy. Dust in the wind, all we are is dust in the wind. Everything is dust in the wind. Wow, that is so sad, so without hope. It is just so candidly depressing. Think about it. All we are is dust in the wind. But I got good news for you, folks. That's not true. We are not just dust in the wind or dust in the spirit. Because there is a second part to this redemption story in Genesis 3:19, the good news of man's redemption. Because Genesis 3:19 tells us that towards dust you will return. This does not refer to going back to the dust. No, he just said that. He told us that we're going back to the dust in the first part of Genesis 3.19. Why would he have to say it again? Well, because he doesn't say it again. He changes the tone of the prophecy and it comes out in a positive note. So the second half of Genesis 3.19 says from Hebrew in its intriguing two levels of redemption, quote, ve'el afar teshuv. Again, ve'el afar teshuv. Now, as I'm reading it from Hebrew, I would paraphrase it in this way. And towards the dust, you are going to reverse direction and turn around from the dust and return back here to the Garden of Eden. Oh yeah, that's what I'm reading in Genesis 3.19. Again, let me say it. And towards the dust, you are going to reverse direction and turn around from the dust and return back here. To the Garden of Eden. So, in other words, we are not just dust in the wind. Our Heavenly Father slash Creator did not leave us in the condition of our fallen nature that Adam brought upon us. No, he didn't. He had way too much compassion and way too much mercy and love for us. So he orchestrated a plan to change all that, to rectify the situation and to change this whole bloody mess into something positive and good. So in Romans 8, 28, we all know the passage real well, at least if you've been reading your Bible for any length of time. Paul writes in Romans 8, 27 for the context Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the holy ones according to the will of God. Verse 28, And we know 
that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. With this principle of Romans 8.28, I can certainly understand what the hope of this Genesis 3.19 prophecy is. There is hope in that statement. So to say this all differently, there is a predictive word of hope baked into that scripture passage of Genesis 3.19. And candidly, it appears to be absolute truth when you compare it to Isaiah 26.19. Here's how it reads in English. Your dead shall live together with my corpse or my dead body. They shall rise, awake, and sing, you who dwell in dust. For your dew is like the dew of herbs. Wow! And the earth shall cast out the dead. This is a reference to Messiah's third-day resurrection. You can see that when he says that your dew is like the dew of herbs. What is the concept of the herb? It is the reference to the green plant growth of the third day creation story as referenced in Genesis chapter 1 verses 12 through 13. That's the third day green growth reference. It is the resurrection of Messiah, clearly, concisely. So therefore, we come out of the dust like the green growth of the third day herb and the plant. We come out of the earth on the third day with Yeshua HaMashiach. That is what it means when Isaiah 26, 19 says, and the earth shall cast out the dead. <laughs> That's like saying, get out of here. Resurrect already. Boom. And there is a resurrection because the earth is throwing us out. The Atama of the dust is throwing us out because we're coming up through Yeshua. I think this is so important indeed. Now, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 22, and take a look at what Paul writes in comparison with what we just read in Isaiah 26, 19. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die. That is the second death, by the way. Going back to Genesis 2.17, even so in Messiah all shall be made alive because he's going to come up on the third day. Let's take a look at a couple of passages to understand this better. Remember the words that Luke chapter 24, verses 6 through 8 tell us. Luke 24, 7. After Yeshua's resurrection, Yeshua reminded his disciples of what he had been saying all along. Quote, 
the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And you can also go to Luke 9, 22, when Yeshua said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. So we have this third day motif very clearly identified in Scripture. So, let's go to John 11:23 through 25. Yeshua said to her, referring to Martha, that is the sister to Lazarus, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Yeshua said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. That is the third day resurrection, exactly as Paul stated in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, For as in Adam all die, even so in Messiah all shall be made alive. It will happen through Yeshua's third day resurrection, and it will happen for you and I on the last day when that takes place in the end days. That is called the day of Yudhevavhe, the day of Yah. Okay? So the basis for what it means to have a renewed Yehovah Elohim consciousness of soul life in Messiah is that of escaping from the death grip of this lower world as it is woven together and linked with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Etzadat Tov Vira. This death grip on the lower world must be surgically amputated from us. Okay? It must be. Otherwise, mankind's link to the Genesis 2-9 tree of the knowledge of good and evil will never, ever happen. It has to be severed. It has to be surgically amputated or removed. Such an image, as it is painted for us in Hebrew Scripture and through the words of Yeshua, is nothing short of astonishing. Hence, we have these words of Paul that precisely speak of entering into a rebirth, that is, a new birth with Yehovah Elohim's soul life consciousness from above, which dwells and lives in us. For this, you can see Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. But when the kindness and the love of God, or Elohim, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, or in the Hebrew it would be not by works of justness, which we have done, 
But according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the spirit of holiness, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Yeshua, the Messiah, our Savior. And that having been made just or justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is so, so important. It's the good news of the New Testament redemption story. This is the good news. It's called the Basar, the gospel. This is this washing of regeneration. And that's what happens to us when we receive the gift of Jehovah's redemption story as it was acquired for us through the obedience of Yeshua, the Messiah. This is so fantastic. So in other words, try as much as you like to please God by keeping all of his laws and trying to do it perfectly. I'll guarantee you 100% you will come up short on Judgment Day. That's about all the time we have for today's podcast. But if you will, join us for part two on the next broadcast and we'll plan on returning to come back and deal more with this subject of our consciousness on the next broadcast. You've been listening to the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio with your host, Avi Ben Mordechai. We hope that you have discovered some fresh insights into the ancient biblical Jewish and Hebraic ways of understanding and interpreting the Bible's lessons and narratives. This podcast was brought to you by the Outreach Ministry of Coming Home. Visit our website at www.cominghome.co.il. And I'll see you next time. I'm Avi Ben Mordechai.